0: The world is changing fast. New technology is rapidly changing what is possible. Today, with just a few minutes and the right tool, you can become anyone you wish. But with great power comes great responsibility. And with new power comes new risks. So what does this mean for us our future. This is AI Unchained.
1: What is up guys? Welcome back to AI Unchained. So we're getting into something today. I had a number of people ask me how I do this uh, and I figured this would be a really good episode to kick off some of the media and image and audio and video AI stuff that I really haven't explored on the show, mostly because most of it seems like it is going to be best in video format. It's going to be best to actually be able to show you stuff. However, this one, being it's on audio and voice changing, seems to do really well as an audio format. So that's what we are getting into today and the handful of tools that I have used and explored for exactly this. This show is brought to you by swan.com, the place to buy Bitcoin, and CoinKite, the place to get the hardware devices to secure that Bitcoin against all adversaries. Swan has an entire suite of financial services for plugging your your personal, your business life into the Bitcoin sphere, including the IRA, uh, which you can set up in a matter of minutes, their business accounts, personal accounts, you can instant buy up to $10 million worth, or you can set up a simple auto recurring purchase and auto withdrawal. You can do it at $10 every week. You can do it $50 a month. You can do it $1,000 a month set up the amount, and dictate your threshold for withdrawal to your cold storage, and it will literally just run. It is the best way to allocate to Bitcoin, in my opinion. And then you're going to grab your cold card from CoinKite.com to keep it safe, and you can just send it straight to that cold card. You set that sucker up real fast, get an address, and then you have the most secure and long-term reliable way to store Bitcoin on your keys without anyone else's permission. Check them both out. The links will be in the show notes. Oh, and you get a discount at CoinKite. That will be code BitcoinAudible my other show. That will also be found right in the show notes. So, the reason I bring this up is specifically because I have been doing this uh, for anybody who listens to my other podcast, Bitcoin Audible. uh, You may have noticed, I think three or four episodes I've done where I have changed, changed my voice Um, Not only just for, you know, random AI voices that are on the platform that I use, but also specifically for people in the show or people that I'm quoting. For example, I quote Owen Benjamin in one of the recent episodes, which is a a read from Robert Murphy, an economist. Owen Benjamin is a comedian, and I, uh, so I took sections from his show on YouTube uh, in which he is just talking into his mic. I think I grabbed about two and a half minutes worth of audio and I did a quick training on it and then I could talk, I could do my own acting, I could do speech to speech and it would change my voice into Owen Benjamin's, which sounds a lot like this.
0: Hey guys, Owen Benjamin here and I have to say... I really love this new podcast, AI Unchained. I mean, this Guy Swan, what a brilliant host exploring everything about the AI space. The new technology, how to use it, how the models themselves work. I mean, the open source models and tools that will make this insane new technology available to the whole world.
1: Now, so the cool thing about that clip specifically is that that's my voice acting. That's the way that I read that clip. And it's very good. By the way, thank you Owen Benjamin. Uh it's very great to hear you are enjoying the show and to have your endorsement. I'm glad I can be that source for you. Obviously, that was not actually Owen Benjamin and this is the sample that I did. I'll just play like a little bit of the sample which is a beginning of one of his YouTube shows just so you can get the comparison and the voice isn't exactly it's not exactly right. You'll, you'll notice if you listen really closely, there's kind of like a, a more rough uh, element to his voice on um, like kind of the deeper side or like kind of a raspy side. And it didn't pull that out very well in the, the synthesized voice, but it's shockingly similar. So here it is.
0: I've done the same closer in three specials for a reason. I change it each time so people have like that, you know, they have that, uh, that new shit so they don't feel like I'm being a dick.
1: So if you're listening closely, you can probably hear that there's this, there's this element of kind of like natural grit almost to the voice, to, to Owen's real voice, that doesn't quite pick up in the synthesized version.
0: Hey guys, Owen Benjamin here, and I have to say I really love this new podcast, AI Unchained.
1: And you'll also notice that it doesn't repeat or it doesn't uh, recreate the nuances in how he speaks. And that's why I think the real-time voice changing, the ability to do that with a voice actor, because I didn't really try super hard on this one, but if you're paying really close attention and you can voice act how he speaks, you can get something far closer to sounding genuine. So the service I have, I ended up Kind of selecting on for this one just because I think this one is the best, is 11labs.io. Now the other one that is close, but in my personal opinion, there are slightly more artifacts in the audio, and there are a number of voice changers and AI like voice models that do have lots of artifacts. One that has probably the best URL and the crappiest service, or the crappiest tool would be voice.ai. That's a great voice.ai. That is a wonderful domain. They probably paid a lot for that. But go look at the ratings just for fun. Go look at the ratings and the reviews for that app. Oof. Oof. Not good. And I remember it being a headache. I thought I had actually used it, but even in the kind of promo things, you can hear a lot of artifacts, which in the promos, they're going to pick the best of the best. And somebody asked me about it specifically in the audio notes and I went back and digging through it, and I had kind of remembered I had associated like some sort of frustration with trying to use it. Now I'm not 100% sure if I ever actually got to using it. I, I wonder if I actually just ran into kind of a roadblock in just getting it installed and working, and then I just gave up. Because it doesn't look like many people have been able to use that and it doesn't look like it has improved at all over the span of time, which has been a couple of months now. So I don't know what the hell they are doing. They're probably just waiting to sell the domain at this point. But 11 Labs is the one that I have experimented and played around with the most. And I finally have a a premium or or one of the higher level uh, subscriptions for that service because I've been using it a lot lately. And for the many people, a lot of people actually said it was pretty good. I'm not sure how I feel about it, honestly. But my Morpheus meme, or excuse me, my uh, my Matrix meme, I did the voices for uh, Morpheus and Neo. Now, my Neo voice is pretty good. I kind of sound, I do a pretty good Keanu Reeves impression. And there was actually, it's actually really funny. So I did film uh, before I ended up going down the podcasting well i i did film then went into tech and then tech led me to bitcoin and now i got back into media production and stuff almost kind of just on a whim i wasn't even thinking about it like oh i'm going to be i'm going to be a podcaster and i'm back in media production and stuff i had almost thought that i'd left the film world behind and i wasn't really going to go back there i thought i was just doing something in tech uh, but one of the funny things of, about film is I went to, I went out to LA after I got out of college and lived out there for, I don't know, four to six months, somewhere in there. I can't remember exactly, but I was out there. We were crammed into a small apartment with a handful of other people from, uh, same school friends and, you know, kind of associates that I didn't really know, but we were all going out there and they had each lined up either internships. Mine was a paid internship for that span of time with, um, uh, Scott Rudin Productions and I was there for a little bit longer before I just realized that this whole scene just wasn't really me. But during that whole span, it was funny. Like we, like being out in LA, we actually had this running joke of what it would be like to direct, direct Keanu Reeves. And one of my really good friends that I hung out with there uh, all the time, I, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know why we found this so funny, but we would always just be like, all right, Keanu, all right, I want to, I want you to really feel this scene. Remember, you have been trying to get back to her for three years. And you have finally found her. And you can finally say what you have had bottled up inside for so long. This is the culmination of everything that you are. Go. Like, I love you. (laughs) And I have no idea why we found that so much fun, but we would do that for like daily daily we would just come up with like a new scene and a new thing and it would always just be like but we should totally go over there and it's mostly a, a joke that keanu always sounds like keanu no matter what movie he's in he kind of so- sounds like he's still in like 80% or or 75% still in Bi- bill and ted's excellent adventure i know kung fu so when i did my matrix meme i did okay i did okay with the neo voice But the Morpheus voice, not so much. And I did look for AI options at the time, but it was long enough. It was long enough ago that really none of this stuff was available. And since then, the kind of marketing around all of this stuff has changed. There were voice changers then, but it was before the explosion of ChatGPT and the searching and hype around the concept of AI, and everything changed their marketing to AI voice changer, AI audio manipulator and, you know, become anybody you want dot .ai. So at the time, I was looking for something very different and the marketing. It may have been that some of these tools were even there at the time, just much harder to find because there wasn't this kind of joint, this collective marketing effort to all be artificial intelligence. But I was able to make a Morpheus voice with 11 labs. And this is what that sounds like now.
0: This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the AI rabbit hole goes.
1: Now, that does sound like Lawrence Fishburne. But there's something a little odd if you if you're asking me to be picky about the kind of the ends of the words, like something doesn't pull quite quite right, and it also didn't pull quite from my uh, my voice acting exactly. And I suspect this is because I only trained it on thirty to forty seconds worth of audio, and I did it in an interview with Lawrence Fishburne rather than in a place where he is specifically trying to sound like Morpheus or a clip from the movies because oftentimes there's just too much additional uh, audio or um, there's too much additional like ambience and you know other sounds coming in the movie. there's almost always music and stuff like that so pulling audio from those is a little bit more difficult but you're likely to get that Morpheus cadence better. So I'm actually going to do that again. Right now I'm going to pause this, and I'm going to come up with a better sample, and then I'm going to regenerate the exact same clip with the new sample just so you can get a feel for how important the training data is on getting the output.
0: This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the AI rabbit hole goes.
1: So trying to compare them, they're actually not a lot different. Um, This one is only a little bit different in the sense that it has a little bit more depth to the audio, whereas the other one sounds almost like it's In a can you know like there's there's just a slight almost like there's a compressor on it that the low bands are being cut out but it's very slight it's actually not as big as i thought and i think it's probably just because i'm pretty picky about my audio samples and i wanted to have a good sample so i got one from a good interview but this one was clipped from the scene where morpheus or the sample for this last one that i just recorded was clipped from the scene where Morpheus and Neo meet for the first time. And he says, you know, do you believe in fate? You know, you take the red pill, you take the blue pill, et etc." Et and now,
0: Morgan Freeman. This is probably the voice that gets me sued for using this in my podcast.
1: So this one was pulled from, a, uh, from an interview... A really short, like I think it was a Masterclass clip or something off of YouTube. And it's a decent sample, but it's very conversational, so it doesn't have the traditional depth that Morgan Freeman has in his more movie voice that he does or trailer voice. But as you can hear, it's pretty damn good at what it does. And honestly, this took me, like I paused while I was doing this and literally just uploaded my sample and it took maybe 10 to 15 seconds to generate the voice clone and then i used it in my in the voice lab part of eleven labs and then i live record what i am saying as morgan freeman takes maybe another 20 30 seconds to generate it especially if it's short like the one that i just did and then i just drop it in my editing like i didn't really pause doing the show like this this was done so quickly with such a small like my sample clip that i saved is how how long is this a minute and 25 seconds so it's a really small it's a really small audio clip and you can upload up to 25 different samples and if i really wanted to be thorough about it and have like a really really good base for my voice cloning uh in fact i intend to do that especially if i end up getting like a higher account like the account that i have right now like i said i'm just kind of exploring it and i end up just deleting a lot of voices and i make a lot of them on the fly because it is that easy uh, and just on a note by the way i record my uh podcast in logic pro which is a really expensive really um again, it's like 300 dollars, i think uh a Mac native application which is great for kind of on the fly and like many many tracks sort of audio editing and I really love it for my workflow but I've gone through so many different apps and software for kind of building this out and I will say that the one that I still use for quick editing when I am pulling out like a sample of Morgan Freeman or Morpheus or whatever to do this and this is all great for meme creation by the way so if anybody is a meme, like especially a video meme maker, AI is going to change the freaking world of memes. If you are looking to buy Bitcoin now that the ETFs af- appear to have arrived on the scene and traditional finance is making its play for allocation, you need to remember that an ETF is not real Bitcoin. If you are buying some financial product instead of the Bitcoin itself, you own somebody's promise to send you bitcoin and if they don't have it nobody can print it and nobody can fulfill that promise in their stead this is why you buy bitcoin directly you buy it with swan you go to swan.com guide that is my link and you just set up an auto purchase and an auto withdrawal to your keys to uh to your cold card hardware wallet or any decent hardware wallet honestly i I rave about the cold card and I am a long time and trusted user and they are a sponsor of this show and you can get a discount with code Bitcoin Audible, but honestly, you just need to get a secure, trusted hardware wallet. And if you withdraw your Swan, the Bitcoin that you buy on Swan straight to that, you are going to be better set for your future than like 99% of the world. That is my opinion. And that is not even to include the plethora of other features and services that Swan offers the business accounts, the ability to do this in, in literally employee savings plans and benefits, the SWAN IRA, which you can set up in minutes and start allocating your retirement, the vault service, which allows you to use SWAN as a partner in your multi-sig so they can help you recover in the case of something going wrong if you aren't secure or you aren't confident in holding your keys yourself. And if you're curious what a lot of this means – and how to go about all of this stuff literally swan.com has an unbelievable amount of resources for everything that you could possibly think of and you can just ask the team they're almost always available and they are happy to help check them out again swan.com guy the link will be in the show notes memes are really going to be night and day the next as the meme world gets their hands on these tools and starts figuring out how to best use them, it's going to be magical. It's, all, it's already slowly starting to happen. I'm starting to see it. But I feel like it's kind of one of those things where you get the lowest hanging fruit and the, the kind of cheapest versions of it quicker, uh, quicker. It's kind of like you know comedian there's always the obvious joke and then there's the not so obvious joke and then there's the really intelligent joke that is the extension of the not so obvious joke i think in the context of ai memes we're still in the obvious joke stage
0: but it is all going to change the future of memes will not be the past a new horizon is upon us and nothing will ever be the same. Are you ready for this technology, for what is still to come? The door is only just opened, but it is you who must walk through it.
1: The thing I really like about Eleven Labs is that, like I said, that is a one minute and 25 second sample clip, and there are plenty of different, probably, uh, Sounds or voice tonality things that are not covered in just that one minute and twenty five second sample, and there are like a couple of odd elements. But it's almost like like there was a there was a piece of that where that when I said "Are you ready for this technology?" Something about the "R" was a little bit like "Oh, are you ready for this technology?" or something. And and I I literally think it was probably just because I there wasn't a large enough sample to pull together that. But it does amazingly well for what it is. Whereas Altered.ai, Altered.ai is another service that I think work really good. And just so you know, I have yet to find an open source version of this. So the reason I haven't told you about an open source local hosted one is because all of the ones that I've seen, I have not been able to, I have not found the open source on my computer voice cloning yet. I am sure there are the relevant models out there. Uh, Bark is one that I am interested in, but in uh, Prim, Prim AI, which is the one that I uh, I found Bark through, I cannot host it on my machine properly. I have to have the server version, which I basically just haven't taken the time to dig into because I've. I mean, there's just an endless number of things to explore, so. Simply put, I haven't quite gotten there yet. But Altered.ai is one of the more popular ones. But I have found that it has a lot more, whatever their model is, there's a lot more artifacts, even in their kind of like Premiere Voices, the ones that they have pre-built for you that you can just select. Because I don't have the premium of that service, so I can't use their voice cloning. But honestly, it's mostly the free part of their service, the the output from that part that has me a little like, I'm not sure if I need to. I, it feels like a smarter investment to go the 11, la- uh, the 11 labs route considering the output that I've gotten with just kind of exploring it as, as little as I really have, honestly. Like, I haven't gone deep into this. But the really interesting thing about Altered Studio
0: or Altered.ai is that they have a pretty powerful set of features and a pretty powerful tool set for what it looks like the various things that you can do. And one of the the really cool things that I do not believe or at least have not seen in Eleven Labs is the fact that you can do live voice, real time voice changing so that you could play a video game or have a phone call or record a video just like this on YouTube or something and you could have a an an entirely different voice while you spoke with someone
1: that is a pretty powerful tool so that one was done with altered.ai now one of the things that I catch and again this might just be my OCD when it comes to audio and video quality like I just I catch and I and it might just be as someone who did editing specifically for so long, I listen. I listen for all the little pieces of the things. And I noticed if there is any sort of consistent note in the audio of the voices, even the prepackaged ones, this is this one is Morgan, which is. I'm sure just supposed to be kind of a play off of Morgan Freeman because I'm, I, I guess they aren't allowed to put Morgan Freeman in it. I can't imagine otherwise why they would not have it in their voice list. But this is like the almost Morgan Freeman uh, voice that you can, prepackaged voice that they have already made for you that you can select in their, their kind of voice lab list or whatever. But the thing is, every time there's a long drawn out note, or one word where a, like, just like that word, like that long span right there in the middle, I, I hear like a reverberation. I hear like a, uh, this kind of synthetic element to the voice quality. I hear the electronic elements. Did you catch it that time? Because I, I just said elements, like elements but if you could hear of the synthesized version it was more like elements there was this sort of waviness to the voice i suspect the models are going to improve such that that sort of thing goes away pretty fast i mean like i've said so many times on this show is that we're still just at the beginning of this like this this only just got started and i, I also was reading something the other day that had there was a really interesting point was that Technological revolutions always take like 10 to 20 years. And it's not because of the speed of technology. It's because of the speed with which people understand, learn, and understand how to use the technology. So, this is one of those elements, and why I've talked about in this show why I think we're going to be in this permanent state of just revolution on top of revolution, disruption on top of disruption, where even during one of the disruption phases, the next disruption the, the next phase of disruption is going to actually occur on top of it. There will always be this front edge of new disruptive cycles that have to be taken into account while the other the previous disruption cycle of disruption is still in play. But I think one of the big things to recognize about this tool is. Not only the powerful, like, I can make memes, I can make films, and the content creation that can come around this, but the risks, obviously. The, the I mean, I don't even know. I'm just kind of playing uh, whatever. I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to put this out there, and I don't think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not pretending like any of these actors or voices are even here and actually endorsing the show or anything. Like, I'm just showing you how to use them. So I can't imagine that this is outside of it. I didn't see any obvious way that this is like not fair play or fair use. But nonetheless, I'm just kind of doing it and we're going to see. But think about how easy it would be to impersonate someone. And I watched a video not too long ago. I have it saved somewhere. I wish I remembered where. uh, But... This is, I'm just not surprised, I'm sure there are going to be many of these, so I don't think this one piece or this one instance of this is that difficult or that um, special. Because I think, unfortunately, this is going to be the norm. So, going back to the fears and the risks of AI and what we talked with uh, Alex Lewin as well on the show in that previous episode, which I will have links to both the fears of AI and then the Alex Lewin episode, because those are the... ones where we've covered the risks more than any other in the show but guys you need a safe word you need a phrase or some sort of question to ask to be able to identify who you were talking to on the phone because these are the first iterations these are the kind of lowest common denominator for these tools and the advanced ones that aren't out yet but that already exist inevitably somewhere are going to be indistinguishable and there's probably going to be another layer so one of the things that if you go back to the episode about uh, how llms work and the you know a, a rough introduction to llms or whatever a brief introduction to llms um is that they the secret sauce that really made it work was the attention weights was the fact that they used two separate weights first they were able to weight the comparison uh, and the probability of the next word. And then they weighted a new layer of encoding, which was the attention score of how important the keywords were to each other in a sentence and how all of the filler words, all of the words in the middle, related to those keywords. So it was essentially another layer of patterns within the subset of patterns. And this is exactly how the... Uh, the video and animation models are progressing. If you actually read the papers that get posted, you'll notice that they're combining multiple different types of modeling on top of each other. While there was the base model of, oh, we're just going to record, or we're just going to uh, pull this huge database of three-second videos and describe them, and then we're going to try to recreate the videos from the model weights that just get created, is still, tons of morphing, tons of weird object inconsistency, and so much of it did break down, even though some video could be created from it. Now, there, now we have a lot of these newer models and these new animate things that literally have multiple different layers of modeling that occur on top of each other, and what they do is they they basically they're essentially multiplying them so to speak you know they're they're doing math across these models to produce a joint result that you know combines essentially the best of both types of modeling and this is where the ray field the, the neural ray field the nerf stuff comes in and where you get the 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 mimicking of the 3d in the image that you can pull and the gaussian splat stuff and then there was another model that i just saw that I thought was really powerful, was an object edge detect. It would simply just find the edges of the object, and it would essentially draw a line, and that's the sort of thing that builds you builds into a control net that lets you, this, this essential, essentially like a mask, to know where to put the objects, and it keeps consistency in kind of object orientation. And I think the Magic Animate or no, the Animate Anything, the Animate Anything, which was the more powerful, the one that I thought was had way more consistency, at, at least in their demo, the the pieces of video that they showed. That one, I believe, had like five different types of modeling that were occurring to build the, the entire structure of, you know, turning a 2D image into an animated, into an entirely animated, uh, based off of, you know, just copying the pose from some other video but along those same lines when we're talking about audio this is where i think you'll see patterns arise that will change the cadence change the like you'll have you'll literally have a model that will literally listen to how someone spreads out their words how someone uh, introduces a sentence and exits a sentence on like a high or low note or on a crescendo, etc. And think about how many patterns or sort of attention style like encodings and weightings that you could have for like comic timing, for when you want to be really punchy and you just really want to get at the point and you drop something super funny. Like the environment of the voice has so much on its believability. But going back to the video is think about when you have a model that can actually correct. And add in those elements or fix those elements in your voice acting to recreate some of the elements of the actual actor, of the actual person that it is impersonating, their quirks, how they speak. I do not think that that's going to be, I do, I do not think that's impossible. I mean, I mean, at this point, thinking that any of it can't be recreated is kind of silly. Like I said, we're just at the beginning of this thing and look what it already does. So the video in question, and I think it was like a TikTok video, some dude um, had, had gotten a call from his mother. And it was literally he could hear his mother on the other side. And she was saying that she was kidnapped. And they needed to send her, they needed to send money immediately. And you know, you think about like when you're in that thing, you, you hear your mother's voice, you hear some, the voice of someone, your wife, your child, someone that you love. Someone that is insanely important to you, and you hear that you're going to go into panic mode, like your heart's going to like just start racing like crazy, and you're going to, you're immediately going to frame the situation in your mind as the situation that has been told to you. Like one of the things about someone that you trust is that you take in what they speak as if without without your filters, they get past that kind of barrier you have to whether or not something is legitimate. And that voice is going to be, it's like a back door, it's like a Trojan horse. If they can speak to you in a voice that you know and in a way that you know, it's going to jump right across your filters and it's going to jump right across your, your Overton window for whether or not you believe this is legitimate. So if you're not thinking about it, if you're not literally prepared for what that moment might be like, you might be completely bought into it. You might not, in hindsight, it might look obvious, like, duh, I should have done this, duh, like, but you're going to be panicked. You need some sort of a strategy. You need to have some sort of a safe word or some sort of a question that you ask. And what's funny is that as it went on, as this conversation went on, he actually had the, the wherewithal, the, the state of mind to actually ask and he's i think he said in the video that like immediately he was like oh my god what is happening you know like this is crazy and then something something i think in the way it was said or something that she, specifically that she said was like a little bit off something triggered it something something like hinted at the fact that his filters should stay up and he asked her what her maiden name was and she said why are you asking me this you know we don't i don't have time for this you need to do blah 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 And that's when his walls came back up. That's when he was like, wait, this is not... She would just say her maiden name. You know, like, nothing... None of that would be confusing. She wouldn't waste 30 seconds trying to explain why she shouldn't have to say it other than just saying it. So he hung up and called his mom, and she's perfectly fine. She has no idea what's going on. Obviously, she's not kidnapped. We are about to move into another Bitcoin bull market, and I highly... Highly suspect. Bitcoiners are going to be targeted by this. The speed with which Bitcoin can be sent irreversibly to someone when thought has been impaired by fear is going to make this work really well on the unsuspecting and the unprepared.
0: Prepare yourself and learn how the world is going to be, rather than assuming that the way the world is now has anything to do. It the way it will be tomorrow.
1: And you'd be shocked, I think, by how great a defense it is just to constantly remind yourself to kind of play out the, you know, do that like pretend thing in your head to play out the scenario and talk about it with the people that you love and the people in your family and that are close to you. Talk about what that would sound like, what it would be like, and what you might do. It, it literally could completely save. The entire situation. A good example is the fact that. I mean this can be done over text. Like the the level of being able to scam people. Like I almost. I almost fell for one myself. At, at a time. Because we had a group of Bitcoiners. On Telegram. And we had a group that we like trusted friends. That we've been uh, hanging out for a really long time. We knew each other really well. And we'd done Bitcoin trades at some time in the past. And one of the people hit me up. One of the people in our group that had been there for a long time, and I was good friends with, hit me up on Telegram and asked me if I could, uh, if I that he was selling some Bitcoin to a friend who was willing to pay 20% over spot or something like that, and he was in a bind and he wanted to get it done before the end of the day. That's why he was willing to pay the premium, and that uh, that he did not have the only amount of Bitcoin that he had on him was like half of the amount or something like that. And the rest was in cold storage so that he could not fulfill the whole request. He could not fulfill the whole order, right? And he was like, so if I had any on me, would I be willing to do that at, you know, 20% over spot if I could send him any? And I remembered seriously considering it, but then I was just like, I don't know, this... It wasn't even really that, like, I thought this was a scam. Like, I didn't believe it wasn't him. I just didn't like the idea of doing something up front and not being there and also, I knew I was going to have to stop a whole bunch of what I was doing to go get access to it because I didn't have the amount of Bitcoin on me at the time. But it was shockingly close. I should have thought more. I should have known in my mind that there was more verification needed here. And in other cases, I have literally verified over video call with people just to make sure that I was actually talking to them. But this one just this situation put it so more, so much more cleanly in my mind. And we found, we found out later that it was a fake account that where the handle was just like slightly different. They knew people in the group. They were able to get in and get access and that they contacted everyone. And one of us got hit just because he was trusting. Like he was like, yeah, I mean, again, like I, I, don't want to, doesn't, I don't want it to seem like this the person that did get hit, that did get scammed for like a Bitcoin, I think it was. Which at the time it wasn't nearly as much as it is, it is now, but it still hurts so bad to be scammed like that. Like I know that feeling, but you know you want to you trust your friends that you it it seems like a given that you have a private group and these are the people in your private group and one of them contacts you. You have DMs with a lot of these people, so just always get verification and understand that audio, voice call, and video, even video, live video call with somebody. It's getting to a point where you might not need to rely on that. You might, it might not be the smartest decision. So understand that in your attack surface now. That risk is there, and I think in the next year to two, that risk is going to get much, much bigger. Now there's one more thing. The, the, the two clips that I just heard, the two people, some of you may have recognized them, but those are two prominent Bitcoiners in the space. That is Turdemister and Lynn Alden. And I had used the Turdemister clip from an interview that he had. I'd sampled that from an interview that he had and I did that to read a tweet that Turdemister did or a series of tweets on one of the episodes of Bitcoin Audible because I thought it was cool to have it in Turdemister's voice. And then Lynn Alden uh, had me do some mastering for some of the, uh, some audio that she did and it was really cool. This is a really powerful and clever like really fun way to use this is that I was trying to fix some audio editing and she had flubbed a word and then kind of reread from where she had flubbed. And she was like, okay, I just wanted to, she just wanted to edit it out. But it was one of those things where a lot of the times you don't realize that there's no pause between words and you kind of mush things together a lot when you're talking. Like if I had to cut a lot out of the sentence that I just said, that you mush things together a lot when you're talking. There's no break. I would not be able to use a lot out of the middle of that group, and actually edit it cleanly with anything else. You you need a pause, and then you can cut that pause down, and uh, you know pan out and pan in on on one of them in order to get that sort of that cadence right. But when you're moving from one word to the next in some long string of thought that audio does not cut so where she had made her correction I still didn't have what I needed to actually do that so what I did and this was actually the for one of the first times that I had ever done this is I literally just took the rest of the audio used that as my sample so I had the exact same quality and the tonality and everything of Lynn Alden and I put that into 11lab 11labs and then I used it to read the beginning of that sentence and transform it into her voice, and then I cut those first three words in to clean out the, the flubbed line, and it is indistinguishable. You would never have a clue that I actually edited that. In post, I edited speech. I added in words essentially that she did not say. So for any of you editors out there, know that this is a really powerful tool in that way. But before we close this out, I want to address one more thing is ownership. Ownership of your voice. So I have a personal experience with this because I I feel like my voice is pretty well known in the space, in the Bitcoin space specifically. I've done like 15 or 16 audiobooks and more than a thousand episodes of Bitcoin Audible reading every article under the sun. And I've been sarcastically kind of referred to as the voice of Bitcoin not that I speak for Bitcoin, but that if you hear something about Bitcoin, you might hear it in my voice. And I always, I always knew that this technology was coming. I always knew that it would come to a, a point where someone could recreate something in my voice and you know, essentially put me out of a job, so to speak. If, of course, it is my voice rather than my thoughts and my input, you know, the guy's take, which is really the value of my show, which I know a lot of people just want to listen to the articles. And now my voice is familiar to them, so they want to use it for a lot of other things that they listen to. And on Noster, on the social media protocol, they've created these little tools called data vending machines where you can pay a little bit of SATs and you can have a lot of people are plugging AI into it. And one of the things, and what's funny is this person tagged me and you know, I'm, they didn't think anything of it and I know I shouldn't have. Like That was my reaction afterward. But somebody paid some sats, and it read a tweet in my voice. Now, it wasn't very good. It was one of those things. The, the voice recreation was pretty decent. The cadence and the emphasis on the meaning of you know what was read, not so much. But I don't think that, that's right around the corner. You know that, that is a short-term uh, uh, problem, so to speak, with these models. And if you make a more in-depth model... You've got an unlimited, practically unlimited amount of content in order to do this with my voice. But I got to tell you, it actually threw me. I was, I was surprised even having sort of prepared myself for the fact that obviously this was going to happen and this is very possible. In fact, I have done it myself for myself, um, just for you know various little things, kind of like the Lynn Alden scenario where I needed to make an edit and I didn't have a microphone in front of me. But I was not prepared for the fact that it was uncomfortable to think that my voice was no longer mine. Somebody else just got paid sats to recreate my voice, to read something as me. Now, we can argue all day that, like, oh, I'm the owner of my voice, and, you know, he doesn't have the rights, and I can send him a, a DM on Noster, how dare you, blah, 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 but that's not the point and i think that's just kind of a lost cause that's there's there's no stopping that and i don't really want to gatekeep it anyway like my intent is not to my intent is to share how i felt about it as opposed to what i think should be done about it because this person clearly had no ill intent they're not trying to make money off of me i'm sure they just thought it was neat and funny and people were joking about it it was a great thread What if we could have Guy Swan read all of the tweets or all of the notes on Noster? That's cool. I would like to do it myself, actually. And they can pay me sats for my voice. But I just didn't think... I I did not expect the uneasiness. And it did make me uneasy. And, you know, if Turdemister or Len Alden starts listening to this, I don't want to make them feel uneasy about it either. Because it is unnerving. It's odd. It's odd to hear yourself... And know that you never spoke those things. And I think it's specifically odd in the context of like running into it in the wild that someone else is using this. And I literally spent the rest of the day thinking about it. And about the fact that even if I was inclined to do something like, oh, this is my voice, you can't use it. Can you imagine how many thousands could create a data vending machine in... like, insistently with my voice because of the unlimited amount of clean sampling that they have. So going back to the the line that I had Lynn Alden's voice say in this show, is that we need to prepare for the way the world is going to be, not assume that the way it is today is what it's going to be like tomorrow. It's like the strike... The, the, the writers' strike and the, the VFX and artists' strike in Hollywood and stuff, who are saying you're not allowed to use AI, this is so, so stupid. It's so stupid, and it is a, it's, you lost before you even got started. Now, if some huge studio is going to make a movie with your likeness or your voice, and you want to sue them because they're making a billion dollars off of you and you're not even in the movie... That I understand, but that's not the same thing as saying you're not allowed to use AI. And increasingly, this is going to be an environment where content can be produced for free and the, the cost of creating this content is going to plummet. And this is a good thing. This is ultimately a good thing. It means that all the stories can be told. It means that it separates the, the creation mechanism. It separates the tools and the network from... From the control over what gets told, it puts it directly into the hands of the creator and the visionary themselves. That is a powerful and wonderful thing. There are consequences. And I guess without having any sort of recipe or clear defining around what that is or or how this should be restricted or even if it should at all, is just consider it. Just keep it fresh in mind and it will be something... That we talk about on this show, Uh, you know, maybe the ethics of AI and the ethics of, you know, using somebody else's voice or somebody else's content or somebody else's likeness, because there is something very, very interesting and very, very personal to unpack there. And actually, for anybody who knows of a great guest for some sort of content like that, I would love the recommendation. I would love to be introduced or connected with anyone. to, to kind of dig into that idea. Because I know a lot of people are afraid of these tools and how this is going to change the landscape. And so I think the magic sauce, so to speak, the solution is to build the environment that rewards honesty. So anyone who has uh, a connection or a suggestion or somebody that they would like to hear on the show, please shoot me a message. Um, you can uh, boost on fountain oh man I meant to read I am out of time and I meant to read the fountain boost I'm going to get back to that I'm going to do that next week and also we are starting a new series on this show which I am really excited about and I think is going to have an excellent target audience and this will be largely for YouTube this won't work in video very well so stay tuned don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to check out and subscribe to the YouTube and the Rumble channel because that is where you will find that new series. And I think we are going to figure out the if we can get 2 million, 5 million people using AI this way and teach them how to utilize these new tools, going back to the idea that revolutions, technological revolutions take 10 to 20 years, not because the technology takes that long, but because it takes that long for a generation to understand how to use these tools and understand how to integrate them into our lives. Well, let's see if we can speed that up. That is what we are going to do. We are going to learn how to use these tools in the most incredibly effective way possible. So stay tuned. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to Swan, Bitcoin and CoinKite for sponsoring this show. Don't forget to check them out and check out the discounts and special links. And I love you all.
0: Stay safe out there, everybody. And I will catch you on the next episode of AI Unchained. And until then, take it easy.